Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Lee Cantor here with uh, Ryan Redhawk McPherson. Another episode of Learning Insights. How you doing, Ryan? Uh, fantastic. Uh, here we are again. You're right. Time for Learning Insights and uh, got a good show today. That's right. Uh, we got with us Leanne Langford. Welcome, Leanne. She is with Training Pros, the uh, proud sponsor of the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing A-OK. -okay. Uh, how's the winter treating you? I am ready for spring. It's 60 degrees. I heard it's the spring. birds this morning and yeah. I was so excited. So now uh, you have any travel plans? Of course. Where are you going? Uh, so next week I'm going to Chicago, you know, because uh -huh. I need to cool off uh -huh. a little That's more. That's right. Right. February in Chicago is everybody's dream. And then two weeks after that, I'm going to Nashville for just for fun. Just for fun? Yes, Nashville's great. We love Nashville. Just for fun. Yeah. I've never been there before, except oh, really? to drive, driven, driven through. through, right. But I haven't ever stopped. So that'll Watch be Watch out for the neon lights on, on Broad Street down there because they can, they can call you. Oh, okay. You may start singing out of I think out that's where I'm staying, somewhere near there. <laughs> okay. But um, And then after that, I'm headed to Orlando for spring break at Universal. Oh, that really? Yeah. What, uh, see the Harry Potter stuff? Yes. You're a Harry Potter I am. Fan? I've read all the books. Have you been there? They have two worlds now. You have to go to I both have. worlds. It used to be just one. I have. Mm -hmm. And you you can ride the train from one, one world to, to the, the other. other. Excited about that? Oh, yeah, I am. It's going to be a lot of fun. So now, uh, who'd you bring with you today? Well, today I brought my very dear friend and long-term colleague, <laughs> Elise Margol. From, she's the director of instructional design these days at Accelerated Business Results. We used to be consultants together, so back now she, now she has day. a real job. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, Elise. Thank you. Can you share a little bit about Accelerated um, Business Results? What are you guys up to? Sure. So Accelerated Business Results is based out of Cincinnati. Uh, been around a little over 10 years. Um, Woman-owned. And we do all custom training solutions. So we partner with clients um, to help them um, solve whatever kind of business need that um, they feel um, they have at the time. And we partner with them to build out learning solutions to help build capabilities. Can you share a little bit about what it's like to work in a woman-owned environment? How, how's, it, how's it different um, than a man? Should I tell you about the show tunes? Like, yeah. no, no, just I don't know because, quite honestly, I mean, I don't know that I've ever worked for a, a male-dominated um, company before. Um, I mean, I can tell you what it's like as far as um, what the culture of um, yeah, what's ABR your culture? Is like. Yeah, what's ABR's um, culture? So we we like to to walk the talk. Mm -hmm. um, big feedback organization. We, we actually just uh, had our team meeting in Cincinnati a couple weeks ago, and we literally sat around a conference table and went around and everybody gave um, feedback to each other, like hardcore. <laughs> but, it was, but it was done in a very, um, it, in, in a very trusting environment. Mm -hmm. So that was good. We have, uh, I think the collaboration is big. We're, we're a big proponent of collaboration, working together. We're on the phone together, even though we're not um, geographically, well, even though we're geographically dispersed, we um, talk to each other all day long. Is that the whole company is spread out? Pretty much. We're actually all virtual. We do have a home office in Cincinnati, but but so the people who work there could be anywhere in the country? Yes. And our clients, our consultants, right. people, I mean, everyone's spread out. Now, what's that like to be in that kind of virtual environment? 
Do you like that? Yes. Um, Leanne can probably attest to that. Probably more of my career I've spent working virtual than being in an office. Right. It's a little freeing to me. Um, I'm probably also a creature of habit. I, I like having my music on um, <laughs> in my home office and with my comfortable, familiar surroundings. I don't know. It works for me. I don't think it works for everybody. Right. Um, you definitely have to be, I think, a go-getter and self-motivated, right? Self-motivated. Definitely. I think you have to be really good at reaching out when something's not working or, you know, you need help. Um, I mean, I, I tell my team that all the time, like, don't wait until the day that we're supposed to deliver something to a client. Speak out because I, I can't read the look on your face right. to, to know when something's not working. But how do you um, how do you create that collaboration and that kind of accessibility virtually? It's it's interesting. I've had that conversation with with my boss multiple times because I came from a company where um, FaceTime was a high was a high priority, and everybody worked in cubicles, and we were all in the same spot, like location, so to, right? Yeah, so so to speak. So you can just kind of get up and go down the hall. Yeah, so. but there was no collaboration. I mean, uh-huh. I I mean none. So you had proximity, but you didn't have the interacting and the Exa- engagement. Ex- right? Exactly. Um, I think I think a big part of it, I talked a little bit about the the trust. Right. I, I think the level of trust in an environment, um, the closeness. Um I, I I'd actually I actually feel like the my my team, we really share a collective sense of responsibility to to each other, to our clients. I mean, we're a small, we're a small team. So for instance, like when somebody's on vacation, I mean, we feel it. <laughs> right. It's noticeable. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just how, it, do you, how do you create that kind of level of appreciation of everybody so everybody's watching each other's back? I think it is. Is there a tactic? Like are there things you can specifically do? Yeah, I think I think we're a pretty flat organization. Um, we're not we're not focused in on titles or hierarchy of who reports to who. I think it's also, um, everything's, I think everybody feels like it's pretty equitable. Mm-hmm. So there's none of that, you know what I mean? Like kind of stepping like over politics, someone. Like there's less politicking and more just trying to get the job done. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the whole team is awarded a bonus at the end of the year. So we're all have stake in how well we do and how profitable right. we are per client. You're um, all in it together. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes from, you know, our, our business owner. I mean, I think a lot of it is her, um, her demeanor and, and the way she is with the team. She's very open. She's personable. She's constantly asking us for ways. How, how can I do it better? What support do you need from right. me? So she's, you know, kind of walking the walk. Yeah. Now, uh, you've been in learning and development for your whole career. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get, scary. how'd you get into it? What was your, th- what um, was your thinking when you were in college? So way back when, <laughs> um, before I like, it was cool. I know <laughs> it, it really was, and that's I know one of the things one of the things Leanne and I are going to talk about. But yeah, when nobody knew what it was, I I like people. Um, I like being with people. I like um, I love the mentoring part of my job that I do mm-hmm. now. I I love helping people, and going into something like instructional design or learning, which is um, you know. My, I think my degree, it, you know, it was the development of human resources. Right. It, it was, um, it, it was a way for me to stay plugged into corporate America, but I could, but I could deal with people rather than products or systems or, you know, something that was really 
technical. Right. And you were making probably an impact on that person's career, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the helping piece was, you know, that it's was a really big driver rewarding. for you. Mm-hmm. Now, how have you seen the uh, kind of the industry change over time? It's funny. I mean, there's been huge monumental changes. Um, one being is like now when I tell people that I'm in learning, they they kind of perk up like they, <laughs> they know what I'm talking about. Um, for a long time, nobody, I mean, understood what I did. Um, I mean, I, I tease my husband. I think the only reason I married him was because he, he got it. (laughs) Um, he, he was, he, um, had gone to MBA school and knew about corporate America and, and plugged right into that. Um, but, but all seriousness aside, um, it, it, it's evolved. I mean, just technology, um, access to people, access to information, I mean, we can go build learning solutions now. I mean, the internet, I mean, just, I mean, the, the access to content, to material. I mean, the whole way people learn today is completely, completely different. I mean, we don't, we don't need to sit in a class and, and transfer knowledge to someone. They can go look it up on the computer. On their phone. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, so, so we've kind we've definitely, had to change the way um, that we're that we're teaching and and really and helping people. Right. Now, and do you find that people are more kind of into learning? Do you think, or has that stayed the same over the years? Do you think um, that people are in, I, I intuitively the, learners? <laughs> well, I think it depends on where you are probably in your career, where you work, what you want for yourself. But I, I do, I would say that because I think, I think people get it more, um, that, that it's in my best interest to, oh, wow, somebody's offering for me to go take this course or be part of this, um, this, this learning synopsis or, you know, whatever it may be, right. it's in my best interest to, to go do that. I mean, maybe if you're in the sales profession, um, probably don't want to be pulled out of the field for, you right. know, a certain amount Unless of Unless you see it's in your, like, if it's going to help me make more money, I bet you I'm going to show well, up, right? sure, sure. But but I think in that regards, it's probably evolved. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find that companies, um, maybe back in the day, that they saw learning in a different way than they do today? Like, is it today, is it more of a must have than a nice to have? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Leanne can probably attest to this. I mean, I remember back in the day, I mean, it was, I mean, like, cause learning was kind of under that, that, which it still is in some way, but under that human resource umbrella. And, you know, when times were tough, that was the first thing to go. Right. Right. I mean, and it was um, called training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also they would, you would end up with the person being transferred into the training department that was not doing so well in operations. So you're going to fix him? Well, no, they would just put him in there to be a trainer. <laughs> oh, to be a trainer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think today um, there's so much more data readily available today mm-hmm. that organizations understand that in order to um, compete, that they've got to get their, pe- they've got to build capabilities for their right. people. Um, and, and they have the, and there's data there that, that, that shows that. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many, um, there's so many options for consumers out there today. And at the, and, and so I think when companies start analyzing all that data and really looking at their product suite and what they're offering, I mean, is it, is it really that different from what company A is, is right. selling How are to you company differentiate, B? Right. Exactly. And I think people, um, it is, is a big differentiator. 
and I, and I bet the companies that uh, do a good job in their learning side are able to keep better quality people because people want to go to places where they're going to improve themselves and improve, you know, their trajectory of their career. Yes. It's interesting. Um, a lot of our clients that, that we work with, engagement comes up a lot. Right. The, the numbers of, on engagement, the, all the surveys and the research that have been done are a little depressing. So that's another mean? reason. What do you just um, in general? Yeah, in general. That that employees associate, you know, they don't feel engaged. And 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 the, the, the obviously, you know, we we want engaged employees because the They're more, more engaged right? exactly, the more productive they are, the more loyal they are. So engagement is another big area that I think we focus on in learning because that's that's an area that we feel like we can target and make a difference right. in. And then uh, are you seeing, like, what are some ways to create more engagement in your mind? Well, I think offering people career development through learning mm-hmm. is, is one big way. Teaching, helping managers and leaders give effective feedback and have, and have consistent, structured ways that they can be working with their teams to, to give that kind of feedback. That, that's all, I mean, one could argue, I mean, that, that, that all kind of trickles up into the whole learning solution piece. Now, when you're um, working with a firm, are they asking questions like from a tactical side, like, oh, is this going to be a mobile learning or do you get into that or is it just overarching? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, I think more of the latter. Um, We like to think of ourselves, you know, more that we're really helping solve business needs. Right. Um, Certainly, you know, I can't I can't say that's germane for every single client that we work with. I mean, some may come in and say, you know, I've got I've got this issue. And, you know, I think we can do a one, two, three and get in and get out and fix something maybe with, with, with just a one e-learning. Like a more of a tactical level. But yeah. You, but you prefer to work more at a strategic level where you're going to kind well, of. Well, yeah. Well, I think we work at a strategic level in the sense that we really try to look at something holistically right. to, to really get to the root cause of whatever's driving the behavior that we need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then look at it and say, okay, well, how can we really partner with whomever the client is and, and figure out a solution that might be strategic in the sense that, that we're starting strategic, but we definitely deal in the tactical. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, that's how it gets done, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and then from an instructional design standpoint, uh, is there any uh, tactics that you you like right now more than others? Um, so you mean like mediums, like e-learning right. and, um, I mean, you know, everything is digital in, in today's world. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that, that's, that's but is out that, there. That's one of the traps, right? Because another cool thing's going to come tomorrow. And then people want to try the new thing or they read about it, read an article. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is kind of a neat thing though, in the sense, like, I mean, when Leanne and I were kind of prepping yesterday mm-hmm. to see what we we're going to talk about today. I mean, when, when, you, when I really think back, I mean, the last, you know, to 15 years ago, I mean, we were just so constrained. I mean, we just didn't have all the options that we have now. Right. So, I mean, it's exciting to me in the sense that, you know, sometimes a classroom is, is not, we don't need a classroom right. or we don't even need to build out an e-learning. You know what? We can, we can go do a quick video on like on a, on an iPad and, and post it to the, and then share it to and, the portal and, yeah. and add a discussion board to it. And Hey, you know, we've got learning. 
Right. So, and then that can be distributed to people all over the, the world. Yes. And, and we can foster collaboration that way too. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe if you and I are in the office, you know how to do something that I need to do. And I know that you're the expert and maybe it's, you know, I can access you through some kind of discussion board, or maybe you've even posted that how-to video and it doesn't even have to be, I mean, that, that could be something that's quick. Right. And then it, it sounds like this is more kind of free-flowing learning, that it isn't as structured as, as well, maybe so, it was at one time. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, that it's the whole informal piece. Right. And so we really try to balance. I think the informal piece is important, and I think you know some of the research out there has shown us that that's when people really learn, when they're able to adopt some of those you know um, knowledge, behavioral skills into their everyday lives. So... That informal piece is, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, how most of us learn, I mean, it's, it's a lot of it is on the job. Um, I don't know how to, the example I just gave, I don't know how to do something. You can show me. I mean, that's right. learning. Um, but, but there's that formal piece that, that we find that, I mean, it does, it does help. I just think it, um, we like to pull them together. Right. And there has to be a way to make sure, like, if, if I explain something to you, then I think I'm done because I explained it to you, but I don't know if you really, a week later, you're going to be able to implement that in a regular way that's effective, right? Exactly. So you exactly. need that structure that kind of keeps you accountable and compliant. Yes, exactly. The whole sustainability piece um, is huge because, yeah, it's not a, it's usually, I mean, learning occurs over time um, with multiple components in there. So, and especially with big tasks, I mean, I mean, I may have to do it a couple of times right. before I really get it. So yes, that, that big reinforcement piece um, is important to build in there as well. Whether that be, maybe I partaked in some kind of learning class, but then I've, maybe there's activities I need to do with my manager afterwards, or right. may, maybe there's even some kind of e-learning afterwards or some kind of online assessment or, um, I mean, there, there's endless Right. possibilities. But yes, that, that's a great point. Now, what about the different generations that are in the workforce nowadays? Are these kind of tactics different for each of the generations or how do you kind of mold all these things together? It's, it's interesting. We just did a um, project with, with the company, actually two companies, but, but one of the things they told, they kept saying over and over again is, you know, our, the people that work for our company are, you know, they're the millenniums. So anything you do, it's got to be quick. Short, quick. It's got to be. It's got to be short flashy. Short attention span, right? <laughs> it's got to be flashy. It's got to mm -hmm. look good. So there is that out there, and we definitely did have to adapt take a, something to that. Exactly. Audience, right? Exactly. So what uh, are do you have any tips and tricks to uh, engage a millennial? Oh, I don't know about tips and tricks. <laughs> um, I, 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 I think probably though the the. The, the bigger the the bigger tips and trips or tips and trips tips and trips I can't get the tricks, word out tricks um, would be just <laughs> tricks, tricks for kids um, is just I mean I think you have to keep your audience in in mind regardless of, right. of who it is if if they're an older generation or if they're um, male dominated if they're if they're the millenniums I mean I, I think that's that's a key piece to to to, to keep in mind as as you know, we're developing. Right, any... you create it to your audience. E exactly. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, as far as de developing specifically for the millennials. Well, so we know shorter, right? It, yeah. They prefer shorter little chunks, maybe mobile friendly. 
virtual reality. Isn't that a way to go these days? <laughs> I don't know. Are you guys playing in that well, space yet? As the mother of a millennial, I'll tell you, they, they want the learning available right when they need it, and they don't want you to tell them about it ahead of time. Right. Right? They, they don't want On wanna, demand. They it's, don't want to sit down and do it until they're ready to use it. That's right. It's a Netflix world for them. It is. It's a Netflix world. My son is very critical of learning, <laughs> so I hear all about it. We actually just did something for a client and this one of these, the company I was referring to, and it was all around, I don't know if you've seen any of the research out there around happiness, that really to be successful in life, you need to be happy first, that success does not drive happiness. There, right. There's a bunch of research out there. And so they were in the midst of trying to change their culture and they wanted everybody to be happy. <laughs> oh, okay. Be happy. S send out a memo. Don't worry. Be happier be happy. every day. Yeah. And it was, it, it actually was really fun. Um, so we built some some workshops for them. For happiness? Yeah. yeah to, to, <laughs> to, to drive to, happiness. To drive, you, you know. You to, can affect your happiness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, there, there really is. I mean, it's solid foundational research out there. But it was fun because, so we built some some sessions to, to kind of just, awareness. They were, they were really mostly focused at awareness, getting everyone's attention on this is what they were trying to do. But um, I mean, they, they served wine and beer during it. I mean, it was really, it, I mean, they, they really walked the talk with a lot of it. So, so but that was one is, way. Isn't that easy? Like to create happiness, is that hard? Or that sounds easy? Like free, <laughs> free beer and yeah, wine? How hard is that? Right <laughs> no, that's, that's not happiness. That's what is it? Uh, depressive, uh, <laughs> you know, put, I, your, put I, your troubles away till tomorrow stuff. I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, just speaking for me, I mean, I think it is, for me, it's been so embedded, like, you know, you, you work hard, you do well in your job, you study, you do what you're supposed to do, and then you'll find success. Like it's, you know, on that, on that, um, that continuum, right? That, yes. So it's, it's really a totally different mindset. You, you got to change the mindset to mm -hmm. go to aim at happiness and then success is going to come. But that, that takes trust though, to believe that that's so, right? True. But the research is pretty mm -hmm. compelling. So it takes a lot of self-awareness, I would imagine too. What makes you happy? Does it make me happy? Or are you happy? So it's an individual mm -hmm. kind of measure there on, on what is happiness. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree. There's a lot of ways to make to think steps you can take to become happy. But when I try to talk to people about it, I get a lot of eye rolls. What about you? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people going, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so now um, when you're working with a client like that and that they did they tell you that we were going to shoot for happiness or is that something that collaboratively you just you kind of landed on? So so this was a, a small piece of a bigger picture. Right. Um, they, they knew that they were they were trying to change the some culture, mindsets and right. change the culture. So this was one piece this of is a it. component of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then so you would work together and go, OK, happiness, we're going to try to affect the happiness. And then you brainstorm together or do you go off now and then try to figure out some things and then present it back? To yeah. Them? Yeah. So it, it um, pro probably a mixture. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it depends, you know, because everything we do is custom. So, I mean, literally, like each project is just so totally different. different it's right? totally different. So when somebody asks me like like what I do every day, I say I mean each day literally is just different. Uh -huh. um, but in this particular project, I mean they they kind of had a uh, they were already working with a customer experience consultant and really trying to to reengineer their their whole customer experience process. Right. And this was really one component of it. So definitely did a lot of brainstorming, you know, to kind of talk about okay, well, 
How can we how really do, we do this? Right. Yeah. I mean, how, how do we raise awareness and how do we start shifting mindsets and how can we sustain this? And what are people going to do when they leave the session? Right. How and do you know is, you did a good job? Yeah. And what is this really going to look like? So mm-hmm. was that the first time you had happiness as an objective? <laughs> <laughs> Probably in that, in that, in that situation. Yeah. So now um, some of the things have changed over the years, right? We talked about some of them in mobile and e-learning. What about webinars? How have you seen that change? Well, first, I, I didn't do a lot of webinars at the beginning of my career. I don't know. Did Julian? I mean, I, I, I think I, it was the late 90s mm-hmm. before I ever did a webinar. Yeah. I mean, it just wasn't. I mean, now I feel like, I mean, everybody. Isn't and, everything on a webinar now? Yes. I mean, everything's on a webinar. Nobody wants to. Um, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but a lot of people, you know, they if they're going to fly people around the world to, to participate in, in some kind of face-to-face interaction, it really better be worth it. So what, what we have found is like with some of the webinars, I mean, we'll, we'll have like a series of webinars and then people will go, you know, get together. So we can really try to maximize that time right. spent in the classroom. But I think again, just the, the technology, it's just more sophisticated now. I mean, the technology that, you know, we can, we can put people in breakout rooms on a, on a webinar. Right. I mean, and they could be all over the world. And then, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And then, I mean, some and there's of our, back engagement back and forth. You can see if people are getting it, not getting it. Yeah. They're really yes, yes. more robust. And, and I think now, I mean, even the facilitation aspect of that, I mean, what we find is because we have a facilitation arm as well. And even that piece of it, it's, it's, it's much more sophisticated now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely an, an, an art to, to being able to facilitate Virtually. Right. And that's a different <laughs> skill than maybe they had like doing stand up training somewhere. Yeah. Cause you can, I, you know, I, I mean, right, unless we're looking on, eye to I mean, eye, right. exactly. I mean, even if we have a video conference going, I mean, you there know, normally it's, yeah, square. and it's normally you're looking at one person or not, I mean, at one time and another, you can't really kind of see the room. Yeah. So now, um, do you have any tips on that? Interaction. Right. And, and know who's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. Because, I mean, I've sat through some, I mean, yeah, that, that, that the facilitator, I mean, literally they can be bad. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have the engagement and you're not kind of, yeah, people are multitasking. Right. So you've got to call people out. I mean, Leanne, what do you think about that? (laughs) I I agree with you. (laughs) Facilitate. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think building in that, that engagement, I mean, there's a fine line because, um, you know, some, some companies, as far as like using some of the, the more, what I would call more sophisticated tools that, that some of these platforms have, I mean, as far as putting people in, um, breakout rooms and having multiple things go on and being able as a facilitator to, to kind of dial into one breakout room and then dial into another, I mean, that really takes a, a a really high set of skills. Multitasking on steroids there. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's probably more at the high end, but I mean, at the bottom, I mean, we can at least do some polling and using the chat window and And leveraging the technology. I mean, that's one of the benefits is you have access to all that information, start using it. Absolutely. Right. Cause you can get really good data and you can see if it's resonating or people aren't getting it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you should use it, not, not use it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what are some of the things that um, have kind of stayed the same over the years? Are there still some kind of core principles and values that when you're doing this come into play? I think at the core of it is, to me, I mean, the same instructional design principles still apply. Right. It's still got to be compelling. It's still got to be relevant. It's still got to be practical. 
it's still got to be something that that I can, as a learner, I can I can take away and I I get it. It's it it's tangible. It's something I can start applying the next right. day. So I think good instructional design principles. I mean, w- w- what I learned in school are still it's still valid today. Mm-hmm. It it you just might be getting the learning or information in a different manner. It, exactly, and so I think flexibility and being able to roll with the punches is right. is probably um, a good attribute to add <laughs> um, to to that list as well. So now, what about uh, learning management systems? So kind of in the same vein, I mean, it's just, it's more sophisticated today. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know back when I started, I mean, I mean, they were really used like to, to track training classes. I mean, that, that's, that's really what we used them for. But now, I mean, wow, it's not, it's not, it's not even just tracking, but it's tracking at a whole different level. I mean, it's tracking whether Leanne did what she said she was going to do. She took an e-learning course and how did she, did she finish it? How many pages did she touch? Did she, did she, how did she do on the mastery test? But then now, I mean, corporations are even looking to, to mesh that into their whole talent management system. So, so maybe as it may be a career development, I mean, I can build a profile and, and I'm taking different courses on the, the LMS. I mean, it's, the whole sophistication piece of it, I think, is 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 what's changed. Now, when you have that data where you can see that they went through the class, they took the test, they did everything right, are you able to also tell if their behavior changed or they're doing and utilizing some of the learning that they supposedly got from going through that? That's a good question. What we can tell is, did they take a certain course and are they able to apply? Did they get it? Right. Because we can look at how well they did on a on a on a test. On right? a test. Um, it says they got it, but y- like in the field, are they doing it? You know. Yeah. So unless um, we build in some kind of assessments like, that they can do, you know, at specific times after, you know, or maybe part of the program, um, maybe there's something that they're that they are doing out in the field. We've got to be really thoughtful about how to how to put that in place. Mm-hmm. But that's a, do the your clients ask for that level of kind of compliance and uh, to make sure that it's being effective? Yeah, I mean, de- definitely an evaluation strategy or you know how, a measurement piece of it. I mean, we we definitely work with our clients up front as far as you know looking about. I mean, how how are we going to know where not only are we successful, but are there spe- are there certain metrics or KPIs that we're going to try to 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 hit? Right. Um, we we just kicked off something with we just kicked off a project yesterday with a client. Um, it's it's going to involve a, a really large call center, so you know they're looking at handle time and a sales number. Those are like hard fast things that we can we can look at right. before and after. It's usually some of the the softer skills that are a little bit harder. <laughs> Right. Um, to, to, to really to measure. measure. Um, but yeah, we, we, we do try, we do really try to always at least work with our part, you know, our clients up front to put, put together some kind of strategy. Right. And I guess in the softer side, just because you can measure something doesn't mean that it's worth measuring, right? That That's kind of a trap also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there definitely needs to be, um, discussion up front on, yeah. I mean, what, what is it we want to measure? Really important. Yeah. What, what's the thing that's going to get us high-fiving at the end of the right, day, right? Right. So now, uh, what's next for you? What's what you next got, for me? What do you got planned? Any, uh, this any, afternoon? Or just, <laughs> I know, every day, every day is different. Every day is different in your world. Yeah. So I just got a, a, I had a 
call with a colleague this morning and she said, you know that project we talked about a couple of weeks ago? Right. <laughs> when are you going to get it done? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just busy, you know, cranking stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the most rewarding part of your job for you? As I said at the beginning, I, I really love the interaction with people. So in my role now, I, I do a lot of mentoring. I do a lot of making sure when we do have large-scale projects and we've got multiple designers on a project, make, making sure that, that you know, everything's consistent and we're all following the same treatment and the overall design and we're doing what we told the client we right. were going to do. I find that piece really rewarding, working with a team of designers and you know, brainstorming and coming up with innovative solutions and making sure that, you know, we're, we're putting our best foot forward. Now, what, what's it like being a, a mentor? Do you like being a mentee more than a mentor? I mentor? like both. Uh-huh. Um, quite honestly, I like both. You know, I by no means have it all figured out <laughs> yet. I'm, I'm like to think that I'm every day I'm learning something new and continuing to grow and evolve. Um, and as I mentioned before, I mean, ABR is a really big feedback culture. So like we just, I told you, we sat around that big, you know, so I had to go, you know, I have (laughs) things on my list that I'm working on, but I think, um, for me, I mean, that constant growth and development, um, that's what you like about the whole business, right? Yeah. Because I think feeling stagnant is, I don't know, that that's not really a great feeling to me. And and, and when I look back over my career, just personal life or everything. And when I felt like I'm just kind of stuck, I mean, that's not really, I don't right. like that feeling. So now for ABR, what does your <laughs> ideal client look like? What's your sweet spot in terms of who you serve best? So ABR grew up in the telecom industry. So that's probably where our team has the most subject matter expertise in. Mm-hmm. So that's a real easy one, so to speak, for or I should say the team feels really comfortable in that space. But really... Beyond that, I mean, we've really stretched out to a lot of different verticals, um, work with clients, all different, all different sizes, shapes, forms. And again, we really content neutral. So, um, I mean, today we may be helping a client build out an onboarding program. Tomorrow, like we may be helping a client, um, you know, address a specific problem. Maybe their managers are need need some help around leading. They they maybe they've all transitioned. It's their first time. All right, learning's broad, right? So it's you can really help in a broad. lot of different areas. It's really broad. And uh, if somebody wants to learn more, is there a website for you guys? Of course. <laughs> Um, we are at acceleratedbr.com, Accelerated Business Results. Good stuff. Well, thank you for being part of the show today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, Leanne. Anything you want to share? Training pros news? No, not sharing any training pros news today. We just have our usual <laughs> webinar series and our radio show. So uh, Your webinar series? That's you in front uh, of the camera? No, not at all. <laughs> we, we bring in um, our clients and consultants to conduct webinars on topics that they're um, very well versed in. So we have one coming up on the 24th of February. And if they go to training-pros.com, I'm sure it has the whole calendar. Yes, it does. It has registration links and everything. All right. Well, thank you for putting this show together, Leanne. You're welcome. This is Lee Cantor for Ryan Redhawk McPherson and the rest of the Business Radio X team saying we will see you next time on Learning Insights Radio.